0: So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. Today's host is someone I go way back with. His name is Sean Cardinali. Sounds like a baseball player. He's a coach, writer, and activist who returned to coaching on sex and love addiction at the outset of the pandemic after a four-year hiatus. He speaks the language, and his coaching style tends to lean toward 12-step recovery, which saved his own life and livelihood 14 years ago. He's also very transparent, Sean earned his local certification through Linda Bark's holistic coaching methodology and is pursuing his ICF certification and a degree in social work. So beyond sex and love addiction, Sean's practice focuses on intimacy, relationships, divorce, dating, and the creative process. Enjoy Sean Cardinali. This is Sean Cardinali. Hi Sean. Uh, there
1: Hi, Heidi Oktrup. Oh. Did I say your name right now, that since we've known you for years, a couple years now?
2: October. You did very well. My, my name is Heidi Oktrup, and you said it very, very well. That's true.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be even particularly giddy with this um, podcast because, uh, uh, again, Sean Cardinale, uh, sex and love addiction coach, relationships, divorce, whatever. They already heard the big intro about me, but I am so happy to introduce everybody to Heidi Oktrup, who is the Qui-Gon to my Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan to my Luke. Um, but I don't intend on losing a hand. Heidi uh, uh, Heidi's my master coach. And Heidi, will you give us a little backdrop about you? And then we'll get right into the theme for the evening, which is relationship to self as a foundation for relationship to others, which is perfect for the single on purpose podcast. Take it away, Heidi.
2: I'd love to thank you, Sean, for inviting me to your podcast. I always just feel so flattered when you call me your master coach. I love it. I just, you were a wonderful student. I love all of my students. Um, So thank you. And and I just love that we've continued our relationship um, past the time when you were in the school and you've really just developed in so many wonderful ways in your coaching path and just thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here today. Uh, A little bit about me. I've been a coach for over a decade now. I love coaching. I love the coaching mindset. It is now integrated fully into my life. I've done leadership coaching, individual coaching, and I train coaches internationally for Wisdom of the Whole Coaching Academy, which is the school you went through. And that just allows me to stay in the coaching space. And it's really helped me to really build my own life i i've been coached for over a decade now and i can i can attest to the fact that coaching creates lasting fundamental change it's it's powerful and then in addition to coaching i now have a certification in quantum healing hypnosis technique i got that in the past year because I love helping people connect to their subconscious. I feel like that's what I'm doing in coaching all the time. And it's like the super fast way to do that.
1: (laughs) The express to the, the express to the shadow realm. You, everybody, (laughs) (laughs) everybody, uh, uh, so as you heard, Heidi taught me, and I love how you were talking about the coaching you're not just a coach, but it's integrated into your life. I feel the same way about the therapy that I have been subjected to. Subjected seems like I, they tied me down and, and, and waterboarded me. I didn't mean it that way. That's <laughs> not what we're
2: talking about here.
1: <laughs> Whoops. That's the whole, Gu- that's the Guantanamo episode we'll have. That's later. No. So dark humor. Dark. It's, I'm going to get kicked off. Anyway. So no, not subjected to, but uh, that I was, you know, that I that I I learned that I was I don't know what else to say besides subjected to but anyway I had a I had great therapy and then twelve step and the two of them saved my life I always say that didn't save a marriage but saved my life and now I've got a great divorce besides and a healthy um, uh, dating and romantic and relationship life but when you say integrated into your life I love that because that's what I feel about um, that's what I feel about my twelve step and the therapy and and the twelve step and the therapy is what had me pivot to you. And Linda Bark's wisdom of the whole, and I can't. You guys put it in my ear so much. I say it to my clients all the time now, and in group, that I I I watch walking my talk, because yeah. the things that I, <laughs> the things that I convey to the clients, I gotta fucking do myself. Or it's not even about uh, imposter syndrome or being a charlatan. It really is like how the fuck can I put out all this stuff about relationships, about being single, about having a relationship to self if I have no fucking idea how to practice it myself. And so I really thank you all for, for instilling that and in teaching me. And um, I love how you said it was
2: integrated. That's awesome. Yeah. Amen. Can I just say something about walking the talk? Because that is my passion. And it's not that you have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect to be out here talking to people about how they can make their lives better. I think that's something that a lot of my students get worried about, but you I believe that it is best for me to be involved in my own change when I'm helping others change. And to you know, it's being in alignment, walking the talk is about being in alignment, living a life aligned in alignment with my values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm super mm-hmm. passionate about that.
1: Well, I want you to know, I tout that shit all the time. So you've done good as far as this uh, student. And uh, I do also want to say everyone can be jelly, who was also a student with Heidi because I doubt you went to motherfucking Paisley Park with her. So boom. No. That's That's great.
2: That was the best. I was just thinking about Prince because it's really time for some new clothes for me. And it's like, who can inspire me? Prince. I was so inspired, man. That shoe collection. Oh gosh. I Dude, knew you
1: were gonna talk about the shoes. I knew I you were gonna talk shoes. about the shoes. Because this summer, my girlfriend and I are gonna come back and visit you uh, and Simba in Simba in Minneapolis as soon as we can, before the fucking winter, though. And yes. that is definitely gonna be a, a stop. Get back to the purple Mecca, the Midwest yes. Mecca. And uh, and I and I slipped about the shoes. And I was like, oh, don't say anything about anything on the tour. I don't want to give away anything because it's best to just go in blind. But mm-hmm. back
2: back to the lecture. Okay. Anything and, if you're going to Minnesota, you've got to go see, gotta go to Jan Hassan and go see the home of Prince. Amazing.
1: It was fucking awesome. It was awesome. So where can we start? Where can you start and guide us through this discussion that again is totally up for single, uh, single on purpose, which I I think you get the ethos just by the name. It's a pretty great fucking name for the book and for the podcast series. Um, Sort of like mindful, intentional singlehood and not being oh, weighed down or bothered or self-shamed by, uh, oh, I'm by myself or I'm alone. I think it's about being peacefully alone as opposed to lonely or solitude as opposed to isolation. But I will shut the fuck up and let the master speak about this relationship to self.
2: Well, you know, where I would like to start, I wasn't really thinking about this before, but in your introduction, you just talked about having a successful divorce, and I also had a successful divorce. I know that sounds like a weird place to start, but super proud of my divorce and the way that I did it. And the truth is that once I started in the coaching world and started to really use coaching to examine my own life, I did discover that um, that I, re- I really did need a divorce. I, did, I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. I was married to a very wonderful man and i also needed a divorce and so i did get that divorce and that was where my journey of ha- you know having to be alone really started my my journey of self discovery and kind of building that relationship to myself started prior to that in my marriage but there really i didn't have the space that i needed to create that true relationship to myself in that situation so i i got a divorce and I had never been alone. I had four children. Uh, I got, I had children when I was really young. So I essentially moved out of my family home and right into having my own family very quickly. And it was terrifying. I remember the first few weekends when my kids would go back to be with their dad. And those days were like years long. (laughs) They were years, sometimes every minute so long. And I remember my sister was so wonderful. She was very supportive of me. And I just felt like I had left shore and I was swimming and I just was not to the next dry land yet. And it it was really painful. So that was in 2016. So that is seven years ago now. And mm-hmm. um, really, really seven years ago, because it was January when I, when I left and we separated. So I'm really proud to say that it only took me six years <laughs> to get to get anywhere near comfortable. I mean, it was a slow process becoming more and more comfortable with myself and building my relationship to myself. But but recently I really feel, and this has been a very exciting thing for me, that I've come to a point where I'm really comfortable being with myself. I'm embarrassed to say that I'm 52 years old and I, I feel sort of ashamed. I have felt ashamed that, um, that. that I wasn't Fuck able that. to do that. My sister was like, I don't know what you mean. Like, why don't you like to be by yourself? And sure enough, like when I had a full house, man, if my husband would leave with the kids, all right, like a weekend to myself, glorious. The idea of being alone and not in a relationship, absolutely terrifying. Was,
1: <laughs> was there any codependent shit going on at all? 1,000%,
2: 1, 1,010%. 1, I didn't know it, though. Um, I just remember I did start dating, and one of the men that I was dating had a wonderful friend, Lynette, and we were talking once, and I remember she was talking to me about um, John Gray and the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which I thought was the stupidest title of a book I'd ever heard until I read it. It really is, I, I don't know what your opinion, and we don't even have to talk about it, but it, it did help me understand a lot of things. But she looked at me dead in the eyes one time. And she's like, Heidi, she's like, are you codependent? And I felt like she had said, like, looked at me and said, like, Heidi, are you a fucking idiot? I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know if you
1: can it. Yeah, we like, can totally oh, swear. Are you fucking kidding?
2: Yeah, she's like, are you a fucking idiot? And I was like, me? No. And then, you know, I did any little bit of research on it. I was like, wow, I am wildly codependent. Mm-hmm. And, you know started to learn about attachment styles. You know, and there's a lot of information on that. I'm in no means an expert, but I am an, you know, from what I've read, an anxiously attached person. And a lot of that really fit. And, um, yeah, I did work with a therapist for quite some time and just did a ton, ton, ton of work on my own to slowly That's build absolutely. my relationship to myself and get comfortable being alone. And, you know, I'm sure there's aspects of codependence. My parents are just beautiful codependents. They're they're the most beautiful. <laughs> like I know that sounds terrible, but I have parents who met when they were 18 and 19, and they have a really dynamic, wonderful relationship. But they are one person. They're really enmeshed, and so that was my example and of a, of marriage and relationship. And um, yeah, so it's really taken me a long time to unpack all of that, but. I feel like i made progress finally this year. I feel like I made progress that I can see and understand. I, well,
1: from what I fucking know, I think you, you've been having a blast. I think you're a fucking you know, a pillar for others to, to look toward for singlehood. Uh, and now you're not single, nor, nor, nor am I. And I was going to just say the only thing about like, oh, I finally got it at 52. I mean, I'm going to be 50 this year. And um, I tell my... Um, I tell my clients this a lot when they're despairing, when they're just like, it's catastrophizing, it's black and white, it's on or off. Um, And I say, you know what? And and they're also like, oh, the work, you know, the work of either being single or being attached healthily or whatever the fuck they want to do or being married or divorcing. And they're like, "Uh, is it always going to be, someone just said it in 12-step meeting this week, is it always going to be this much work? It feels like I'm always heavy lifting, heavy lifting, heavy lifting. It's Mm -hmm. work, work, work. And I go, you know, I, well, one, it beats the alternative in my case, as far as the addiction shit, like I'd rather be, yeah. what do we say? My, my worst day in sobriety is far better than my best day in addiction. But on top of that, I just get into these rare sublime moments or days where, where I sit there and I'm like, uh, and this is where Summer and I, my girlfriend and I, and she fucks with me about fate and all that. And I'm like, don't, don't go to fate. Don't go there with me. But I do think, well, fuck whatever's happened and however long it took, and however painful it was, I mean, fuck, at least I'm here now, because had I, say, gotten money right ahead in Hollywood at like 25 when John Kim and I were actually like writing our screenplays, right? Like our late 20s, trying to make it then. Or had I made it, I don't know, at 35, you know, when uh, we have one kid and one on the way, I don't know, I, I probably would have been a mess. I would have had, a, I would have had the opportunity for contentment but nothing near the sort of spiritual and psychological and emotional contentment that I have these days. And I will second, maybe you said it somewhere in your share, but I mean, it ain't fucking easy, but it's just way better than the alternative. And I, I just feel so much more in tune with folks like you, the other coaches and therapists. I love working with my clients. I learn from them probably even more than they, they fucking like get any like little nuggets for me. And I'm just grateful. And it took me a long fucking time, too. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just grateful.
2: Yeah. There's so many things that I just thought about five things and then I just lost them all now that you stopped talking. But well, first of all, oh, I think <laughs> oh, I lost it. Um, Well, I think part of what's throwing me off. So I, I don't really have a boyfriend. I do have a friend and lover, but we don't really, cons- you know, we're monogamous. I don't even know. Yeah. So but we don't really call each other boyfriend and girlfriend. And I, I so honestly. You're
1: monogamous, but it's just the two of you.
2: Correct. Just the okay. two of us. Okay. okay. We've been friends for like a, lo- a number of years now and a wonderful relationship. And I think part of what is making that relationship wonderful is that it's it's undefined, which always kind of irritated me with other people. And like, that's lame. But it, it, for me, it'd be lame if it was like, well, anyway, I won't get into what other definitions are. Like a I can't do Correct. undefined. But yeah, You're going to explain, you're
1: gonna have to explain how you guys don't define it because like uh, some clients are asking me about situationships and I'm like, that's just bullshit. That's just like not seeing what it is. And then everyone could just be in this vague space and someone's just right. taking advantage of someone else as a result of that. I'm not Correct. saying that's what y'all are doing, but that's why I wanted you to share. Right. How do you keep it undefined?
2: Right. Um, I think because we're not future planning and I think it's unique to our situation. Um, I have kids. I'm not going to have more kids. They're all grown. Um, We have an age difference, pretty significant age difference. But we're not talking about where this relationship is going. It's a pretty present moment relationship. That's solid, um, very respectful. Um, We do a lot of soundboarding, but we're really focused on our each. We're really living our independent lives. We each have pretty intense goals for ourselves right now. And we're very focused on that work but we really enjoy sharing and soundboarding and supporting each other and cheerleading, like totally gaslight each other all the time about like, you can do this. You're going to be amazing. You know? So it's a really supportive, creative, fun,
1: <laughs> so positive gaslighting. gaslighting. A positive <laughs> gaslighting. I think he just made up a new phrase. I think everyone listening is like, what the fuck? How is that a good thing? But I think I know no. what you mean. Like, what he each
2: other. Yeah. That's kind of his, that's kind of his term. But but it's true. We pump each other up. We support each other. Um, it's just so fantastic, you I'm know, right. religion I'm is right. really it's wonderful. It's been wonderful, but it could end tomorrow. I mean, like I'm, it, I don't feel like it's going to end. Tomorrow. <laughs> oh no, that's
1: on record for, for for all time. But I but I understand. I, I mean, I I get it. I know you all. It's
2: significant all. to me. It's significant to me, and I'll tell you why. Because most of my life. I've been super relationship focused. The primary focus for me was my love partner. Even while I was raising my children, you know, my husband, I was always anxious and focused on my relationship. And this is the first time in my life that's not true. I focused on my work. I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on my goals. I know what I want for myself. And part of what is beautiful about relationships and why we want to have them is because we want to be witnessed. I feel witnessed, I feel supported, but but I could do it for myself now too. I don't know, it's just it's right. really different. Yeah, it's really it's different. It's like an
1: intrinsic instead of extrinsic motivation. I'm so extrinsically motivated. Now, not in relationships as much anymore, but um, other shit. And I don't want to go on a tangent because what you were just saying right now reminded me, we can loop back around to your very theme. Relationship to self as a foundation for relationship to others what you were just saying, I was going to ask you, why then are people, you were just talking about, you were so, whatever you want to call it, enmeshed in it, saw yourself in relationship to the other, to the partner in the relationship, uh, less individualized. I don't know if that's fair to say or not, Yeah. but why are people so fucking scared or ashamed to be single? Are, are we scared of what we're going to dig up just like you and I have done our own digging and now we help other people dig? What the fuck is the main, why is it such a big deal? I I always go to acculturation, but I don't want to fucking sit here and answer. I want to hear what you, your wisdom has to say.
2: You know, I didn't feel like I was afraid to be alone. I felt like I really, really, really wanted a relationship. So I know those are the same thing, but it didn't feel like the same thing. It didn't feel like I was afraid to be alone. And it didn't feel like I didn't love myself. I thought I did love myself, but we don't know what we don't know. And I think going through those long weekends and that time that I had to be alone, and then learning how to date. Honestly, I'm a serial monogamist. And, uh, you know, I had an early re- seven year relationship when I was 17. I got into a relationship that lasted for seven years. And then I had a 20 year marriage. I didn't know how to date at all when I um, got divorced. And so I had to have my first experiences casually dating. And then I had my first like boyfriend and then we broke up. I didn't want to break up with anybody. I'd had like breakups with men I had children with. That doesn't, you don't break up. You just change. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's so much to learn. And so, but a lot of it was like just about myself, like learning to be with, with myself. And why are we afraid of that? Um, being with yourself is simple, but it's not easy. And there's distraction thing It's just like all the things we distract ourselves with, we can distract ourselves with relationships also. And I, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know why we're so afraid of it, but I know it's so worth it. Like when we talk about shadow work and God, the, I, it was probably like just a year ago um, that I really sat all the way down with myself when I was having one of those terrible moments where I did feel deeply, deeply alone. And I just thought it was going to kill me. Like really it, I, I just have so much compassion for people who have fears around being alone because it does, it, it really felt like I was going to die. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. It felt just felt like so bad and, and presence. When was, when was it?
1: What? Yeah. When was that fear that,
2: it was, it was it was last year. You know. You know. I went through that whole slew of changes. It was before my apartment burnt down. <laughs> it was a. Week, it was like a <laughs> few weeks. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Everybody, I'm gonna dust off the screenwriting
1: career, and it's gonna be a straight up biopic for. Yeah, we're not gonna. I won't go into it. We're not gonna accidentally no. put you on blast. But yeah, you went through some fucking shit last year. You went through a. Oh, a- Let's just leave it at that.
2: Yeah. And so it was kind of early in the gauntlet. Not all the chips had, you know, not all the shoes had fallen yet, but
1: everybody's uh, like, it started with her house burning down. Oh,
2: fuck. <laughs> that was halfway through. It was so bad. So it was, I was just alone in my apartment in northern Minnesota. And it was just a weekend and not, you know, it was just the nighttime and it was just time to go to bed. And I was sad and I was having loss and grief and I felt alone. And I was terrified of my, of my feelings. I was terrified of my feelings. I think that's what it is. I was terrified of my feelings. And um, Byron Katie, who I always tell you about, I love Byron mm, Katie. So love, her, love her, love her, love her. And know, so one of the lovely. things that she helps people get to is like, and, and something that really, really helped me all the way along is just to know that I'm deeply okay. Like in that moment, nothing bad was happening to me. I was thinking about sad things from the past and sad possibilities for the future and feeling so all the bad, you know, I'm unwanted. I, nobody likes me. I'm ugly. (laughs) like, I'm going to be alone forever and, you know, terrible scenarios. And then I was like, you know, what's happening, right? Nothing's happening to you right now. I just remember like going outside for a minute. And just like looking at the moon and coming back in and sitting on my bed. And I was like, you're just a woman sitting on a bed. Nothing bad is happening to you. You're okay, And you're here with you. And her whole point is like, Mm. if you're over here worrying about everybody else, who's with you? Like, if I'm sitting there thinking like this person left me or this person doesn't want me or, you know, my family and my parents, you know, like all the bad things. I'm over in everybody else's lane thinking about how they think about me. Like, who's with me? Nobody. That's why I'm so lonely. And so I started to be with myself. And, you know, Mm -hmm. these are all things I heard other people say that before I really went through it, I was like, that's dumb. I don't even know what you mean. But like when I sat down and did it, (laughs) people, you can't think your way through this. You have to. Do it. You whatever way you do it, you have to show up for yourself and it, you have to take some actions. I don't care if it's like put your hand on your cheek, wrap yourself in a warm blanket, but do something. You can't think your way mm-hmm. through it and you can't just read a book about it. You have to get in there and do it. Oh, I think. Fuck
1: no. Yeah, Part of what you're part of what you're sharing. Um, it sounds like relationship as a distraction, um, may, maybe not specifically you sitting on the bed and and having this revelation, but for the people who, yeah, just can't be alone or are scared or when they are, all the creepy crawlies come out. um, Mm -hmm. That makes it sound like relationships are a crutch as opposed to like a wonderful thing to discover when you're ready and they're ready and it comes together. And I don't know, that's why I just love when you brought up this whole topic of, of we have to have the self-foundation in order to then to better relate to others. And um, I found in my dark night, which was also 20 motherfucking 21 or 22.
2: Yeah. That year, Last year um, was a stupid year, but it was wonderful. Sean, where would we be without that? We would be, you nowhere. No, so- totally. I'm, we, I mean, we ended up at Paisley
1: Park and uh, and what was the restaurant you took me to with the best fucking food? They could have rolled me out of there. I ate so much and I didn't oh, have the, Oh my God! Yeah, Just these, uh, thing. Cheese and what are the, what are the little
2: little crisps called? I don't know. Anyway, tater tots. For all hot of you not from the Midwest, tater tot hot or like was it they curlies
1: or something? Curlies? curls, the little crisps or something. I don't know what they were. Anyway, it was fucking amazing. And yeah, oh, no, cheese it-
2: curds. Sorry, sorry. Also, Midwestern cheese curds.
1: There you go. Cheese curds. I had never in my life heard of those. I was like, I got to eat them just because I don't know what the fuck they are. And I got to have an experience. You know, it's like, you go, so goddamn good. But um, yeah, so what, it's interesting how you sort of sat up on the bed and walked outside and had this sort of like, almost sounds like it just washed over you. I don't know if that's how you experienced it. But I somehow got to a lot of self-compassion because I was single for a long fucking time and I never say how long it is, but, um, <laughs> and sometimes I would get a little, just a tiny little bit of imposter syndrome uh, when coaching about relationships. Cause I'm like, wow, if, if I actually was in one, this it might help, but no, I, I mean, I've been married for plenty and I'd have plenty of relationships and I was dating too, but there was just a long break. And plus add two years for COVID time. Fuck that. Like I get, I get two years that you can actually really subtract, but anyway. There just came a point where I had, again, Dark Knight, you and a number of people were like my angels I reached out to. And it was because I was doing so much like shadow depth. And I still haven't read all the books on shadow work, but that's what I was told I was experiencing. And when Mm -hmm. I, when I hit that, it was just me and that, and how do I surrender it and release it and get rid of the self-loathing and these deep, deep, I mean, from birth, like fucking, you know, issues, weights, it felt like Somehow, and the somehow is the 14 fucking years of therapy, 12-step coaching, relationships, dating, marriage, divorce, uh, but really the, the the therapeutic stuff and the spiritual stuff, the self-compassion kicked in until last year, maybe the end of 2021 as well. I would think to be compassionate, be nice to yourself, be nice to yourself. In 2022, when the shit was really hitting the inside of my brain's fan, <laughs> I was like, Oh, and I would hug myself like figuratively and literally. And it just came. And I actually called my sponsor who had, who had, uh, my sponsor, not my sponsor, my therapist, who's since retired, but I can still call, still got the hotline, the little red Batman phone if I need. And I did call him the other day, Bill. Um, I just, I said, thank you. I said, Bill, you've been telling me to be nice for fucking 10 of the 14 years of this process. You saved my life a, and thank you for all the soundboarding. Thank you for all the tools you know, thank you for constantly reminding me, stop being yourself up, right? Like being depressed and then compounding it with self-loathing or being anxious and then being like, "Why am i you know, being mad about being anxious. I would constantly compound like that and stay in my head. And somewhere in those dark moments, you know, I actually shared with you and other good friends. I was like, that was one of the toughest years of my life, if not the toughest. But I, I, I was off the floor. I was not pinned to the floor like you're talking about. My thing, yeah. kind of similar to what you mentioned was get out of bed. As long as I got out of bed and just and just started the day, I was good. Because a lot of people, you know, you're in your head or you're about your singleton or whatever it is, you're in your head about, um, well, just stay there and sleep all day. Mm-hmm. And, and I I want to hug those folks. I was almost there. But I just got out of bed and start the day mm-hmm. and see what happens.
2: So it's simple, but not easy. These things are simple. They're simple. And you do, it, it compounds. I really agree with you. So- and, and I like that, that self touch, you know, like that soothing, like rub both your arms, you know, that bilateral, um, you know, stimulation on your arms or your legs. Self-soothing really brings you back into, homes your nervous system down. I think that's a huge, huge, simple and really important thing. And telling yourself you're safe when you're having those overwhelming feelings of loneliness um, and wanting to fill the void, you know. Simple statements like I am safe and wait till you can feel that in your body, feel safe in your body and slowly the things that you need to know to build a good relationship with yourself, the things you need to let go of, anything from the past you need to examine, um, new pathways start to build and it takes time, but it it happens. It does work. And I will say that one of the things that used to drive me really crazy, I wanted a great relationship. I wanted that's what I just wanted it all my life. I wanted my marriage to be great. I wanted a great fucking partnership. I just wanted it. And people are like, well, if you want a relationship, you can't want it because that won't come to you then. And I was like, God damn it. If I want a job, I go look for a job. If I'm hungry, I go. <laughs> oh, so this Wait, is what different? Is the so like when people are like dating, I want to find, you know, people want to find the one or they want a great relationship. And they're oh, like, God, you can't sorry. want it. You can't want it or it won't come to you. Don't you always hear that? that? Maybe that's a woman thing. That's a relationship thing.
1: Hmm. That's, oh, that sounds. You. I am totally shocked ridiculous. that
0: you have not heard
1: Well, I mean, well, I know, uh, you know, if you're talking in the realm of uh, um, like law of attraction shit and that kind of stuff, like just, you know, be open to no. it. But people are saying, you can't want it. Why can't you want it? That doesn't Oh my make sense. gosh.
2: What relationships, We so- must have different feeds. <laughs> On our social media, like you know, if you're out looking for a relationship and really, really, really want it, it is really hard. For if you're a little too desperate, maybe for a relationship, it's an, it's not gonna. I don't know. Oh, so wow. it's like for the now wrong reason. I, like,
1: no, no, no. But like you're out there for the wrong reason. You're out there with with probably not ego, but you're out there with a little. You know what? Alan Heron, good friend of mine, and I talked about it. We had our little uh, uh, Dating on Purpose uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and um, part of that was like just going out to see whatever the fuck, like just just put yourself out there, you know, mitigate your expectations uh, uh, and just and be authentic or it's going to be all fucked up and you never know what really might have happened, if there really could have been a charge or not, um, or a connection. But then also what you're talking about, yeah, don't be out there. I kind of went on a rant. I felt bad. I kind of bared my teeth a little bit and was like, God, people are gonna hate what I just said. But um, yeah, that that sort of desperation. So maybe if that's what you're talking about, the the want, if that's what they're equating it to, because people go out like, oh, I I would say need, like, oh, I need this. How about you just if it happens, it's great. And in the meantime, be good with yeah. yourself. And how do you be good yeah, with but yourself? If
2: you a I mean- for a long time and it sucks. hey, <laughs> why isn't this oh, working? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. So for women who are trying to find a good relationship I want a good relationship, and they're a hard time finding a good relationship. Or like you're making now, air
1: quotes. I want to tell everybody you can make an air quotes around good.
2: Okay, good. Yeah. Or like the I want to find the the one. I hate that I did the one. I want to find the one. Why don't ever I'm find the one? And, and and um and so. Uh, Yeah, I guess, wow, I'm shocked that we are not on the same page about this concept that to find a great relationship, you can't can't really go look for it or something. Or like, you can't.
1: You can or cannot. I mean, I don't know if I'm in disagreement. I just don't think I've heard. And it's interesting that you're saying maybe it's it's a, a female thing or a femme thing, but I can't want it. Families have a lot going on.
2: is finally, for any of you out there that know what the fuck I'm talking about, I'm going to say was true. (laughs) It was kind of true because my relationships really improved when I started to have a better relationship with myself. And that is true across the board. It's not just dating relationships and it's not, it's family relationships, work relationships, intimate relationships, all the conditions in my life. I used to try to go outside of myself And get my husband to change, get my children to change. I want my family to change so that I can be happy. (laughs) That doesn't work. And it's, you know, it's not that we don't negotiate around details and relationships. Of course we do. However, I more and more and more when I'm feeling dissatisfied with some aspect of my life, I go inside. I go inside. Where do I feel that in my body? It's very somatic. Um, What are my emotions around it? What are the things I'm not, you know, and I work maybe with a coach or somebody else, because if it's irritating me, it's inside me. There's something to fix in here. There's nothing to fix out here. There's something to fix in here. And when I, it's so exciting. Mm. Now I can look forward to it. I'm really to the point where something kind of fucked up happens where I get irritated. Something pokes my buttons. I'm like, great. I'm going to go inside and figure out what's here. And then I do some journal. I mean, I have a whole variety of exercises that I use, or maybe I get some coaching. And it's so satisfying. I'm sure you've had this experience, Sean, where you like put two and two together or you peel the onion all the way down far enough and you're like, oh, there it is. Here's the thing. And Mm. you experience, for me, I know when I've got it, if I start laugh crying, if I have the realization and then suddenly Mm. I'm crying and laughing at the same time, that is a healing moment for me. Maybe I don't know. I've never talked to anybody about that, but I don't know if other people have I've never met anybody that has that experience. But I it happens every time when I have a deep realization that's like it heals me. Like I got to it. I understand it. I got the lesson. Doesn't mean I might not have to do some more work on it, but it's a significant moment and it's this release. It's amazing. And things really have changed in my life. It was not fast, but I've seen real. Genuine change in my life.
1: I love it. And I think that's encouraging to folks listening and to not um, give up on themselves or think that there aren't outlets or means or coaches. And I know you said you can't get in a book, and that's totally true. But, I mean, there are just plenty of tools and community and support. I mean, I'm so all about, you know, get your people. You know, uh, I know everyone's like, get your tribe or whatever. But, I mean, I I have an important network of folks, and I lean on them.
2: And I love books. Nothing, and I read. It's just that I intellectualized my feelings. I thought I could Mm. think my way through letting go of things. I could think my way through experiencing my emotions. But darn it, if I didn't have to actually feel them in my body, and and I, you know, I was like, how do you feel an emotion? (laughs) Didn't how do you release an emotion? Like I had no idea. And I just wish somebody would like tell me, give me, like, walk me through it a little bit, and. And uh, <laughs> you could read about it, but I just had to sit down and like sit still and let the emotion come up and not die. <laughs> and I didn't die. Guess what? That I sounds- didn't die. <laughs> and you didn't die. I was intensely right. bad for a few minutes and then it passed. Like it did. I don't know.
1: I love that you mentioned that the, the don't die thing. That was so much a part of two things. That was so much a part of my um, recovery process, not doing harmful things to myself or others. Um, thinking that I was going to die if I didn't act on that impulse. And that's the extreme because that's in the addiction compulsive realm. But it's the same for anybody else who, again, is having that discomfort, that struggle um, that I always equate with, you know, how my ex-wife always talks about Buddhism, you know, that's sitting there uh, persevering on a struggle as opposed to just having pain. And like you were saying, let it go. Like this too shall pass is a big 12-step thing. And it takes Mm -hmm. some work or or some – Training, for lack of a better word, you know, to get to that part and to get to process and let things just go through. I ne- My ADHD motherfucking brain, I never thought I was going to be able to like sit or lay down and meditate for 10 minutes to an hour ever. And I had this amazing fucking coach. I actually learned how to do it the same time as uh, my, uh, again, with my buddy Alan. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wow. just like let that go. I had a client the other day, Heidi, that was so fucking annoyed. They were like, they were like, I don't know what the fuck you mean by surrender, You surrender, 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 surrender the, the trigger, surrender, the feeling, surrender, the, the uh, compulsion or, or the, you know, wanting to pick up the phone and call someone unhealthy. I'm like, ah, it's, and I got to explain it, but it just, it also takes the practice of it. And I'm like, so if you just sit here and argue with me about a term, um, then yeah, we're just gonna, we're, we're gonna be like what you were saying. We're just gonna be intellectualizing all this. If you can allow yourself to be vulnerable and feel And just, and and feel even the painful things and then let them go eventually, they will eventually go. And I mean, between, go ahead.
2: Well, and just realizing like what a huge part of me learning to do that absolutely had to do with you. I think that I came to you quite a bit right during, right before, like a year before this, yeah, man. Because my therapist, I remember, gave me a book one day like facing your love addiction. I was like, what? (laughs) Not like I already had accepted the codependency part, but like Mm -hmm. love addiction is codependency, like on steroids kind of like you probably explained it much better, but I didn't know what the fuck that was. And so I read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mm, this is true. Mm. Um, And then thankfully uh, my partner also read it uh, more on that avoidance side. And it was really insightful. And then, and then a bunch of shit—the van in my life, and and I did have to deal with some time of being alone, and it, and that's that's why I did feel so. Because I just I realized when you said the only way time you felt like that was dealing with your addiction. So yeah, if you are a person that is addicted to love or like addicted to relationships, being alone feels like you're going to die because it's an addiction and you're without it. Yeah, and it did feel like that. Mm-hmm. And I have so much compassion. My daughter has a. Um, um, you know, knows someone in in her circle who experiences that as a younger woman, and my daughter is like judgy about it to be to be perfectly honest. I mean, not judgy. She's a great friend to her friend. She has tons of emotional maturity, but that's very irritating to her. And I understand why. And I was like, do you think it might be because, like, I I as your mother (laughs) also exhibited some of these tendencies, and maybe it's irritating to you for that reason. You know, and I have a lot of guilt about that. And like I said, there were times in my life where I was so focused on my relationship. But, you know, I wasn't the best person I could have been in other parts of my life because it was such a focus. So, yeah, during those times, I remember coming to you. You, you told me about like the drop the rock book and, you know, just like take it one day at a time. Yeah, you really helped me a lot. And I went to your class, your group. Um, Through chat lab, I went to a number of your classes, super helpful, really, really, really good. And other um, classes, you know, in that group, the codependency class, amazing, you know? So yeah, getting those groups, reading books is great, but they're really, you can't get all the way through it without sitting down with yourself. You can't, or I don't, I couldn't have, I I couldn't have done Mm it. Just thinking about it, reading about it and talking about it. I had to spend time alone.
1: Yeah, no necessary. And thank you for sharing all that. And thank you for your your kudos. I'm uh I'm terrible with um with complimentary shit, and uh, I will work on it. But thank you. And uh, I mean, and you of course have been an amazing friend and master coach, uh, who I learn from all the time. We'll have to come back another time and talk about your. It's not really hypnotherapy like people think. It's not like making people bark on a stage in front of like the college, you know, campus. But we'll have to come back and talk about that. And we have a few more minutes left. And one of the things that you've said in this last 10 minutes or so, the way I received what you just shared was like, uh, there's an authenticity or there's a realness or there's an integrity to going through the experience you're talking about, learning how to be by yourself and then going out into the world with that. It was when we're talking about the want, like the want or need, or you're going out, you know, compulsively or, or with a, with a, um, a scarcity mindset, right? Instead of like abundant. And again, of course, I can't help but go back to the recovery stuff, the clarity that you were talking about and the self-assurance and self-compassion and confidence. You're not about to put yourself out there like you did, you know, in our middle age, frankly, like we both are. Um, It reminds me of recovery because what recovery has gifted me and and others going through this process. And especially because we're, we're going through behavioral addiction and especially because it's about love and sex and relations and intimacy and all the shit we're talking about this last fucking 45 minutes is that there's less of a veil, not that we can ever be, ever be 100% objective with ourselves. But, you know, when you talk about your, yourself in the marriages and, and, and then, once you got to really know yourself outside, it reminded me of, you know, I go into these relationships and out into the world now without a lens. When I was in the addiction uh, or without a veil, when I was in the addiction, there was always something in, right in front of my eyes. Like there was always something because um, I had the shame and I had the fear and I had the loathing, and, you know, and that, again, it doesn't have to be addiction for the people listening. It could be whatever their insecurities, whatever their peccadilloes, whatever their hangups are. You know did they go through abuse neglect whatever you know whatever their personal experience is lived experience and that's the benefit of all this work and, and again learning how to just sit with yourself because then i go out and i'm just me and it's vulnerable and it's fucking scary but it's better than again going out and there's a front or a shield or a veil or god forbid you don't even know that that's what you're looking through because you've never done some inventory right you've never done some. Right. Self-reflection. You're allowed yourself. You're like, fuck it, let me just get another relationship and uh not fuck with the the bat cave in my in my head. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Yes. I'd like you, you to sort of like take us out.
2: Yeah. I realized that I started telling that story about my daughter and, and her friend, and I didn't finish it. I had so much compassion. My daughter's so frustrated with this person and her friend group, but I had so much compassion for her because I was just so blind to that for so long and sitting down doing the work. I'm so much more comfortable in my own skin. That's another tried and true phrase, but it's amazing to feel that and to be able to go out into the world. I go out alone a lot and just people watch and comfortable with myself. I'm comfortable in my skin. And the bottom line is like all that work that I did to love myself, uncover stuff, go through hard times, face difficulty, be uncomfortable. I've really embraced discomfort. And it created an enormously strong foundation. And from that foundation, my relationships are so much healthier. They are so much better. I have lots of work left to do. I'm not, I didn't arrive. I haven't arrived at anywhere. And this is work I do daily. And it's just more enjoyable. It's still painful and scary and hard, but I can trust the process. I trust the process of it now. And I know that it, it is going to get me into better and better situations. Yeah. I think better, mm, better relationships all around.
0: Perfect. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think that's totally a perfect way to, to end. I mean, you brought it right back to relationship to self as a foundation for relationship to mm-hmm. others. And, um, I love it. And I appreciate your time here. And everybody, I don't know, I, I wish everybody had a Heidi Oktrup. Ha ha. I, I got the real one. Uh, in my life, but no, I think you're an amazing coach. I amazing <laughs> <laughs> Click on the link. We'll put all the links and all the things. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll, we'll do all the links and all the things when, uh, when the show comes out. But um, thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your wisdom and um i mean we got to do this uh uh again i don't see why this needs to be a one-stop shop We'll come up with another topic and, and talk about it.
2: absolutely i would love it and thank you for your friendship sean and all the work that you do out in the world you're just doing really valuable work and i just love you my friend i really do
1: i love you too thank you so much for your time have a good yes. one everybody thanks heidi yes
0: i hope that episode was helpful Hey listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you can just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com Also if you want our single on purpose newsletter go to singleonpurpose.life that's singleonpurpose.life you will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers so if you want to join our community go to singleonpurpose.life thank you for listening be well we hope you tell a friend hey before you go I want to invite you to the single on purpose private community online it's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. And I will see you inside.